I just remember like waking up that morning and saying to myself, today is the day that I'm going to meet my biological family. Welcome to Wander by Proxy, a podcast featuring women's most profound, life-changing travel stories. Today we have travel blogger Mary Schreier, who was adopted from Columbia when she was a baby to a family in Minnesota. After she graduated college, she set out to Columbia to meet her biological parents for the first time. Here's Mary. I have always known that I was adopted. It was never something that my family kept from me. Um, Specifically, I guess, because we are an interracial family that does provide a little bit more visibility to the fact that, you know, I, I don't look anything like my parents or anything like my siblings. But, you know, we still are a really beautiful family. And I think that adoption is really special that way. So I have always known that I was adopted. And really, as a as a child, it bared some weight on my shoulders as far as feeling certain things such as, you know, I don't fit in with the kids at my school. I'm just different. And it took me a long time to realize that different is beautiful and that my unique experiences really make me who I am. And so I guess I started, I always knew that I wanted to to search for my biological mother. It was something that I, I just knew that in my life, that would be an adventure that I, I would embark on. So in 2015, actually, um, this is just after I graduated college. 2015, I was 20, gosh, 23, I guess, almost 22. And I decided that now is the time. Now is the time for me to embark on this journey. So I went to my parents, you know, it's a a weird thing. How do you start a search for a person having very little information and, you know, not much to go off of? So I went to my parents and just said, you know, this is something that I'd like to do. And so they were able to give me the adoption agency that they use to adopt me. So I reached out to Lutheran Social Services and the agent that I was connected with actually connected me with another agent in Columbia. So from there, you know, I was really, I was on my own. You know, my parents knew that I needed to take this journey on my, on my own, that it was something that I needed to do for myself and by myself. So I did get connected with a social worker down there and we kind of just started emailing back and forth. And that was, how I conducted my search for my biological family. You know, basically the way that it went was she basically, okay, so down in Colombia, they have something called ICBF. It's basically their Colombian Family Welfare Institute. So the agent down there that I was emailing back and forth with was you know, Colombian. So it was Spanish only. She spoke absolutely zero English. And we started emailing back and forth. 
and she requested that I email her once a month to check in on my case. I provided a letter of intent as well as several forms of documentation, pretty much everything that I have, which isn't much, but it's something to go off of. I, I had my biological mother's name and I had not much else. I knew that she was 16 when she had me, but those were kind of the two things that I was left with. So I knew it was going to be a tough search, <laughs> but um, we, we just emailed back and forth on a monthly basis for a really long time. I started the search in January 2015, and in May of 2016, I made my first contact with her. You know, it was, it was a really treacherous process. You know, it kind of felt like hurdle after hurdle, you know, this just like kept throwing pillars in my way, you know, it was, you know, at first it was, we can't get a hold of your biological mother. And then it was, well, you know, we've been trying and trying and trying, but, you know, we just can't, can't find her. It's possible that she's left the country undocumented or that she's passed away, but their record keeping down there wasn't as great in the 90s as um, it is now. And even now it doesn't measure up to what you know, we would expect here in the United States. So, you know, those cultural barriers do provide a certain element of frustration as someone who's very invested in this, in this emotional search. But yeah, I mean, I, I did it. It was tough, but we made it. It is an interesting story how I first made contact with my biological mother. I, I teach dance. I teach dance as a side gig slash like real passion of mine. And I was at the studio one night working with the kids and I had just emailed uh, this woman. I think her name was Maria. I emailed Maria, you know, just like earlier that week. So that was my one email a month. She responded back that there was no updates. And then I got another email from her while I was teaching. And so, you know, my curiosity got the best of me and I clicked on the email and it is kind of a blur from there. I read the words, we have located your birth mother. And of course, Leah, I'm reading this in Spanish. <laughs> so it's, it's not only that I'm trying to comprehend the message, but I'm also just trying to understand like the actual words that are being written. But the words that she had written were very clear. We've made contact with your biological birth mother. She came into my office today with her son. And we sat and talked for about an hour. There were a lot of tears. She was very emotional. And she's written you a four-page letter that I've attached to this email. Wow. It was surreal. It was very surreal. Then what? Like you decided to go to Columbia and meet her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even getting to Columbia was a, was a challenge. And it's something that really makes you appreciate travel in a new way. I had never been to Columbia before. I had never been outside of the country before. I had always envisioned taking this journey with my family, but at the time they just weren't quite ready for that. They weren't in that mind mindset. So I ended up going to Columbia with a close friend of mine at the time, and she and I 
flew down there by ourselves. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy to say now because it was two years almost, I guess a year and a half until I was able to actually work up the the money, the finances to buy a ticket, even to get down to Columbia to pay for a hotel. You know, you're talking to a girl who was working an internship at minimum wage, you know, 20 hours a week. I supplemented my my income with teaching dance as my my other job. I drove for Uber for a while. I was really just doing anything I could to save the money because this was my dream. This was something that I knew that I had to do for myself. And it's interesting because I am not always that way. I'm not always someone who really recognizes that there are certain things that she just needs to do for herself. But this was one, I, I had a very strong vision and I had to follow it. So I worked three jobs, sometimes four. I worked a summer job too. So I eventually raised enough money, got enough money together. A very, very close friend of mine, his dad actually donated my plane ticket to me after hearing my story. And that that was probably one of the most touching things that I've, you know, just touching gestures that I've experienced. That would that was a really, a really large gesture. He paid for it all with his he he had some extra miles. So he paid for it with his miles for me. It was also just knowing that while I may not have had family support at that time that I still had support. There were still people out there who were rooting for me, who wanted to see me succeed. And not that that wasn't what my family wanted, but it was just something that they wanted me to do by myself. And so to feel that I wasn't entirely alone was a really, really comforting feeling. So that was really special. I, I located her on May, May 17th, 2016, and I went down and visited for the first time in March of 2017, March 31st, 2017. I'm going to back up the story. I apologize. One week after locating my biological mother, I, not even a week, I guess it was, I, I found her on a Tuesday, and I think it was a Sunday, when I received a Facebook message from somebody in Colombia. And really, since I had located my my biological mother and read that letter, you know, we had found each other on Facebook, and I had started to find, you know, that my inbox was starting to flood with friend requests from different people in Colombia. And that was something that I was not expecting. But there was one message that really stood out to me. And I just, I was from this man and I was looking at him and I was like, is this my biological father? And I did not know how to identify that. Because when you grow up in a family who you don't look anything like, you don't know how to identify what looking some like somebody looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I was looking at this guy and I was like, I think 
he looks like me, but I don't know. So I sent a picture of him to my biological mother and sure enough, she said, yes, that is your biological father. You know, I, I did reach out to him and let him know that this had happened. And, you know, he does want, you know, to make contact. So I thought about it. I never, ever in a million years, ever thought that I would find my biological father, but I did. <laughs> we went down to Columbia on March 31st of 2017. And I have never been so nervous for anything in my entire life. I just remember like waking up that morning and saying to myself, today is the day that I'm going to meet my biological family. And I was by then, I think 25. So at that point, I was like, you know, my mind was blown. And I was just kind of like, I've been waiting my, literally my entire life for this. I was adopted as an infant. So, you know, I, I was six months old when I was adopted from Columbia. I don't have a, you know, recollection necessarily of being there, but I've always felt very tied to it. So not only was this the day that I was waking up and going to meet my biological family for the first time, but it's also the first time that I'm going to go back to the country that I've been dreaming about, you know, the country that I know very little about, but I'm tied to, you know, racially and, you know, family wise, and I've got bloodlines down there. So this is a place that I really want to get to know. So we, you know, said goodbye to my parents. They drove us to the airport and we hopped on a plane <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I was shaking the entire time. <laughs> I tried to watch movies on the plane to distract myself, but the entire journey, I was more thinking reflectively about what this is going to change for me, you know, I'm now going to have two families. What does that mean? And I was just very aware that this was a monumental point in my life. So we, the plane landed and we made it through customs. And I just remember looking at my friend and saying like, this is it. Like, I'm just, I'm walking slow because I know that these are the last steps that I'm going to take before my life changes forever. And that just felt monumental already. But, you know, I, I took a deep breath and I, I walked through these sliding glass doors, wheeling two suitcases. <laughs> and I saw my biological mother and I saw my biological father. And we met eyes and just melted. There's actually a video floating around on YouTube of that moment. My friend filmed it for me, which was really nice of her. But it, it was a very emotional moment. It was being held by your biological mother for the first time since you were an infant. That was both heartbreaking 
and also made my heart so full because it kind of felt like I can relax. I can breathe again. Like I'm home. This is, this is one of my homes now. And so that was, that was a really powerful moment. Definitely. That sounds very overwhelming and with a ton of different emotions. So what did you do? What was like the first thing you guys did together? And and how was the rest of the trip? I just can't imagine going forward from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was great. I mean, it, it was a little awkward at first. I'd never spoken Spanish within, you know, actual, like we don't speak any English whatsoever, Spanish speaking person. And, and now here are two people that I'm related to (laughs) and I'm so shy to talk, but we cried for a really long time. And then we decided to go get a coffee because it's Colombia. You have to go get coffee in Colombia. So we went to a place called uh, Juan Valdez. And that is basically, I would say it's like the Colombia version of Starbucks or Caribou. It's it's a coffee chain, but their coffee is delicious because it's fresh. It's Colombia. You're there. You're getting the best of the best coffee there. So we got coffee, and I'm I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but man, I love Colombian coffee. Then my my biological dad left. My my biological parents are not together anymore, but they are friends, and they're they you know keep in touch. So that was kind of nice to have both of those people there. The rest of the trip was eye-opening. I did a lot of self-discovery. We toured quite a bit. One of my favorite places that we went to, all three of us, is La Candelaria. It's a beautiful, historic Spanish colonial neighborhood in the heart of Bogota, Colombia, which is where I'm from. And it has just like these beautiful, bright buildings and this vibrant like art deco style murals, wall art, street art happening. You've got people on the streets, you know, playing different varieties of music, whether it be on wooden flutes or, you know, just, you know, hitting a beat, you know, it, it's, it, it's vibrant and it's colorful and it's beautiful. So that was really fun to experience. I felt like culturally, I was just like, wow, you know, this is such a beautiful place. I can't believe I come from here. You know, my biological dad showed us where he grew up. We went to where he used to live and my biological mom showed me where she lived and they showed me the school where they used to walk you know they used to walk to school together every day so they showed me the school that they used to walk to they showed me the route that they took even you know it's it was just so much history so much of my family line my bloodline that I learned about while I was there And then I also learned about the importance and value of the family that I have here, my adoptive family. I have zero resentment towards them for the way that this was handled. But, oh my goodness, I am so thankful for them because without them, I would have never landed where I am. I never would have 
you know, live the life that I live now. And I'm really grateful for the way that my story has turned out. It it was a moment where I really felt like things kind of pieced themselves together. I used to have a blog called Mary's Missing Link. And I've since removed it. But at the time, it was a really good way for me to journal my experience. And I I have those journals saved for myself in my eyes. But it was a very reflective moment. I just really realized that that missing link had had been found. I found it. I made that connection. And it was it was honestly such a peaceful trip. That's amazing. And what more did you actually, because you you said this in your prompt and I thought it was really interesting Mm -hmm. and you kind of went into it, but like, in what way did you learn that your adoption was an incredible gift? You know, you think about adoption as a kid and you think, why was I given up? Why was I not good enough for these people? Why didn't they want me? And I think that a lot of adoptees can relate to those feelings, relate to feeling like an outsider, relate to feeling just kind of alone, and maybe even sometimes thriving being alone because you had to survive alone when you're an adoptee. You you had to do that sometime in your life. And so I guess... I I felt those things a lot as a teenager, the why me, why this, why here even. And suddenly when I went to Columbia, it was like, this is why. Because as beautiful as this country is, as gorgeous as its people are, my family did not have the means, nor did they have the support that they needed to raise a child. I mentioned that they were young. My biological mother was 15 when she became pregnant with me, and my father was 17, and then 16 and 18 when I was born. So we're talking about children themselves at that point, and at this time, in our lives, it just wasn't something that we that we could, mm, let me figure out how to phrase this. At the time, it was something that they realized they weren't ready to be responsible for. And I think that that's okay. I think that there is a strength in being able to say, we're just not ready. We just know that there are other people out there who are ready. And I, I look at that decision now as a very courageous one. Especially, you know, I'm I'm 28 now, so almost 29. And I look back to where I was 13 years ago. 13 years ago, I was a child. And they were children. You know, I, I was their age 13 years ago. And there is no way that I could imagine having to raise a child at that age. So I think... Being able to be an adult as I traveled back, being able to show them a college diploma, being able to tell them about my job and tell them about, you know, my life in Minnesota in the United States. I realized what a special gift I had received because of the fact that 
I was given those opportunities to, you know, become educated, that I was blessed enough to have been raised by a family who was able to invest in dance lessons for me. So I could take dance and end up, you know, making a career out of it. I was blessed enough to have been given this entire life and it just wouldn't have happened in Colombia. Not because my family there wanted it any less for me than my family here does, but because it's just not as accessible there. So the other piece of this is, you know, my, my biological mother had since had children. So I have three half siblings on my biological mother's side. And then I also have three half siblings on my biological father's side. So now I kind of have this really cool bond with, you know, at least three, um, at least four of my, my half siblings and being able to see that they're finding success is something that really has given me a lot of peace because I think that that wouldn't have been the case for my half siblings if I hadn't been put up for adoption when my parents were young. So I guess that's kind of how I, I really discovered that this was a blessing, that this, my adoption was a gift. It really was. Like <laughs> you kind of, you knew exactly what you were getting into. And at the same time, you definitely didn't because who can expect anything. But since coming back, what have you brought with you? It sounds like you've brought a lot of peace with you. What else? Yeah, I mean, peace was a big one, but I guess I would also say that I brought back a certain confidence. I had just traveled to a completely different country by myself to find my biological family to visit the orphanage that I, you know, was raised in for the first six months of my life. I kind of felt invincible. <laughs> if I'm being quite honest, I felt accomplished. I felt good in maybe the first time ever. I felt more complete than I had ever felt in my entire life. I felt like I had connected with my culture. You know, I tried all sorts of different foods while I was down there. Arroz con pollo, changua, caldo de castillo. There's so many different Colombian foods and I was loving every single one of them. I loved all the neighborhoods. I loved the people. I just, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with Colombia. So I came back feeling just so deeply connected to my country, my home country. And that was something that was really special. I was proud to be a Colombian American because I, I do hold dual citizenship in Colombia and here in the United States. That's even something that I started to feel proud about. I, I didn't really think much of it as a kid, but when I actually got to travel with my Colombian passport, I mean, that, that was really cool, if I'm being honest. So there, there are just some really awesome slices of confidence that came with overcoming every single one of those hurdles and then being able to thrive afterwards. It, it, was, it was incredible. 
That sounds, that definitely sounds incredible. Are you still in contact with your biological parents? Yes, I am. I actually went back to Columbia September of 2019. So that was about a year to, what is that, 2017? Yeah, two and a half years, I guess, since I had been back the first time. And that time I definitely felt a lot more comfortable going back. And, you know, the first trip was a lot of discovery, right? It was a lot of getting to know each other, having emotional and difficult conversations about why things turned out the way that they did. And the second trip got to be a lot more like, let's just hang out and be family. I got to attend my half-sister's college graduation. I got to celebrate a birthday. We were able to go just out to the bars and, you know, just go for a walk. It was so much different because I got to actually stay there as I was living there, as if I was living there. I stayed with my biological mother in her home. I you know, woke up and and she cooked for us and we ran errands and, and I really just felt like I was living there. And that sort of comfort, especially with my biological family, was was really cool. Being able to spend time with them a second time with a little less pressure was was really valuable for me. Right. Yeah. The pressure is what I was thinking of is, yeah, yeah, you can kind of just be there and be now. And there's, it's not rushed. Exactly. Yes. Great. Gosh. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I, I don't have any other questions for you. I guess the last thing is just kind of like tying the experience back to travel. And I was so inspired by what I had just experienced that I knew that I just had to do something like that again. (laughs) I mentioned that this was my first time outside of the United States, and I got to visit so many beautiful, you know, neighborhoods and monuments and restaurants, and I just knew that I had to do that again. I had to go somewhere and, and experience that again. And I mentioned that I blogged about my experience finding my biological family when it was happening. And I realized that that was a really fun way for me to, A, discharge some of the emotions that I was feeling, but B, just tell people what it's like, what is going on and what this experience is like. And I really decided that that was something that I wanted to carry carry on with. I wanted to continue that, but Mary's missing link wasn't, wasn't a thing anymore. You know, my link had been found. I knew that it was time to sunset that blog and come up with something else. There are just life altering moments that travel provides that I just don't think you can get anywhere else. You bond with people differently you escape from your normal environment and immerse yourself somewhere completely different so you can really get out and 
be, just be somewhere else. And I think that that's so powerful. Eventually, I guess that was just something that I wanted to encourage other people to do because if I could do it by myself, if I could work three, four jobs at a time and make travel happen, you bet your bottom dollar that was what I wanted to encourage people to do. As a female, you don't have to be afraid to travel on your own. You can travel on your own very safely. And I wanted to encourage people to to step outside of their comfort zones and really just go for it. So that's kind of what Mary on the Map became. It has become a place where, you know, I I just want to inspire people to do the same, to take those risks, to go outside their comfort zone and immerse themselves in a completely new culture and then just see what happens. Just see how you change because... I guarantee you there is not one trip that you're going to come back from the same person that you left as. So absolutely. I I I believe that very strongly and that's why I started my blog. It's because I experienced it and I want other people to experience that too. Be sure to follow Mary's adventures on Instagram at mary underscore on the map. Links are in the show notes. I will also be linking a YouTube video of Mary meeting her biological parents for the first time on the Wonder by Proxy website, and it's a tearjerker. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wander by Proxy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Wander by Proxy Podcast and subscribe wherever you're listening.